Hello and welcome to the Uncapped Podcast, brought to you by Roast House Pub, one of Frederick's finest craft beer and culinary destinations, where great people come to drink amazing beer. Visit them to track their taps and menu at roasthousepub.com, or download the digital pour app to track what's on tap. This is episode 138 of the Uncapped Podcast, part two of Craft Beer Across the Pond. If you haven't listened to part one yet, I encourage you to go back to episode 136 to hear the first part of this interview. Hope you enjoy it. Cheers. What I find funny is over there, there's they're getting in trouble for putting uh, lactose in beer. You know, across the ocean, we're throwing glitter in. Yeah, right. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, no, we, right. we do. We, and that's the thing. Yeah, about what's that, the limit? Yeah. That's what I'm I want. I'm surprised that nobody put a little baby Jesus in a, in a can for... Uh, New Orleans for the king cakes. Well, oh, just wait. <laughs> evil evil twin will do it. Can you edit that out? That's I'm going to make there a king some... cake beer. What is it? A baby? It's hey, talk to baby. evil twin. Is it baby Jesus? No, I thought it was baby Talk Jesus. to evil twin Jesus. about it. They'll baby do it. Jesus. He's got a beer called Even More but, Baby yeah, but Jesus. The French do that, don't they? Where you eat like part of a cake and whoever gets the piece yeah, of the cake. Yeah, then they have to pay the cake next year. Stop talking so loud. It's baby Jesus. It's not. It's not baby Jesus. I'm pretty sure it's. it's I like to imagine my baby Jesus <laughs> in a cake, sitting front row, <laughs> listening to Leonard Skinner. For the record, I'm pretty sure it's a baby Jesus. I'm going to Google it later. Google knows everything. But Google it, it does. Is a, it is a French thing. You know what? Most of my Louisiana's phone, culture is. Yeah, it's from. Yeah. from. Um, they also have a uh, civil law still in Louisiana. It's based off the yeah. Napoleonic system. Yeah. The rest of the U.S. has common law. King cake baby. Law school. <laughs> Law school. Yeah, so I run a brewery, I run a brewery <laughs> in Germany. Exactly. I have a master's in urban planning. It, it, it literally <laughs> started when I was I was at the legal department at a at a at a large manufacturing company in Würzburg, and the Germans do this thing where they want as much natural light as you can get in the office, which is really good. But then it's also slightly torture at the same time. Your wall is a giant window, and anytime you look out, you see people happily walking along and, and you know through a park, enjoying picnics with family and friends while you sit there and like work. a day like today. And, and you're taking notes, getting ready for a conference. And call. you're sitting there just writing contracts over <laughs> right. and over and over. Okay, <laughs> you were half right. Originally, it's a full grown Jesus. We, we pulled it's not baby Jesus. <laughs> no, it's, not, it's a baby. Oh. Originally, the baby was placed in the cake to symbolize baby Jesus. Today, the baby symbolizes luck and prosperity We're to whoever finds All right, so that's amazing but because, it's on the, wait, it's you're, on the Mardi Gras cake, oh, we right? probably Googled something different. Oh, you, go, okay, I see. I put the actual question. Well, you know what? I'm glad that you uh, have come back and said that you're sorry. I didn't apologize. We, I just said you were only just half wrong. He just We're 50-50. He just admitted he was wrong. We're 50-50. Half wrong. Yeah. Half wrong. So it seems, it seems here in the U.S., and really, like, we're just super tuned into what's happening, like and I said earlier, like, within the, yeah. like, 50-mile radius. There's just, cr- the like, Del there's Marva. just crazy things happening. And oh, then absolutely. you just cruise out, and there's just, you know, we, we went out um, a year and a half ago to, um, we stopped at Fatheads in Ohio, and then Three Floyds, they're in Illinois. No, Indiana. Indiana, Indiana. But then they like have... Mark who sucks at geography. So. Right, that's right. Okay. But then they do have... They have their project... You were in Austria. Three Floyds with McKellar. <laughs> yeah. Called War Pigs. And they have a location so, wait, so in... So Three Floyds. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. They have a location in Chicago or Illinois somewhere. And then they also have a location in Copenhagen. Yeah. So I think... I, that's one of the things... But I feel like that, that project is probably like embracing more tradition than... Well... 
I hate to say not innovation because innovation is it's the, innovation is how we all innovation gets a glitter continue beer. innovation gets a glitter beer and Says baby Jesus like and baby Jesus <laughs> <and> growler. <laughs> but, so but so I like talking a glitter beer real quick. People I think are very down on that. And I mock it like crazy, but that's because I make fun of everything. But I, I'm of the mindset, though, like, if people are having fun yeah. and people enjoy it, and, and if you don't like that, who cares? Just right. let the people who think it's cool or novel. And, and actually, it, it probably brings in people who never would have tried craft beer before because of the gimmick. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely a gimmick, but why, why do gimmicks all automatically have to be considered as a negative well it's like but it's like the stunt burger you know like the i mean putting an egg on a burger well no that's just good yeah but putting an egg on a burger three (laughs) three four or five years ago also a heart attack was well yeah was i'll take was nothing but then once you started seeing an right egg with yolk drip down a cheeseburger with bacon on it Everyone starts to be like, so that's I'm hungry. Like, yeah, so that's it's like the not, level. Yeah, and that's so, what I mean is so, like, for for us, what we what what we try to do with the 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 Midwesternness of us is we judge a beer based on could you could you be happy buying a six pack of it? Like, are you is is that is that a good beer that you're happy with having six in the fridge, and either you're gonna drink it over a week, or you might have four or five friends come over and you're like, yeah, you know what? Let's all have the same beer and then let's try, let's try his six pack. Then let's try your six. So pack. I think that, I think that's part of my problem too, where my, my view and opinions towards craft beer have become so twisted because very rarely am I drinking a six pack of something. It's rare. It's Heaven rare. forbid you get the same beer twice. Yeah. Well, well you have a lot of beer stores that'll give that you can build a sixer. Yeah. So it, you know, it's not. It's not from me being of the mindset that I don't want to drink the same thing twice. It's just that I end up, I end up with so many different things, and because I spend so much time going to breweries or with brewers, I'm just getting a bunch of different stuff and I share it and end up only keeping one can so it's rare that I drink more than one can. Your your mindset but is not to find your go-to it's, style it's, position it's to as well. keep Yeah. I was going to say it's also well, your position. Yeah, so I I say this all the time. All of us sitting here, we look at beer in a much different way. Like you said, you just reviewed the 2018 reports from Brewers Association. 13.4% of Americans are into craft beer. percent of sales of yeah, everything so sold was super craft small beer. percentage. Still really we small. live in a world that revolves around beer and and the, the the experimentation and the things we do. I mean, we could probably name like ten buddies each that like don't give a shit about craft beer. True. Most of the people I talk to, yeah, they're like outside uh, of our echo yeah, chamber, yeah. and they're like, "Oh, exactly, Chris, just yeah. shut up." Natter days. <laughs> Which, by the well, way, it's it's really interesting, actually. the The glitter beer idea. If you want to put this on a spectrum and say that glitter beer is now at the at the peak of you know, and hazy IPA is now the peak of the evolution glitter of, of craft beer. Yeah, glitter, <laughs> glitter hazy, haze. hazy glitter I, IPA. And it 
and you put that on the one end of the spectrum. We in Germany, we are still really far back. Right. We still produce what I would call traditional beers in craft beer. And when I say we, because I'd never said this earlier, we're Libertus, craft brewing. Uh, Libertus means uh, was a slave that was then freed. Oh, and so we're, nice. we're, we've been freed from the industrial produced beers. And so that's our slogan, if you will. That's kind of cool. Jesus. And Don't ask me about that old mother. It's <laughs> <laughs> and this is, this, yeah. is, this is ridiculous. Have you, have Libertus you? is it's Latin. Germans have to take Latin in high school. Mm. So they all know what you put out when you put something out in latin they all know ah yeah and in, in the u.s you're like what, what? <laughs> yeah latin have is you that ever, a dead language have you, you ever asked yeah. i just thought it was a cool name but you're asked keith the origin of where the name old mother came from i w- i think keith, that's keith what's the origin of old there's mother? a little there's a little bit of thought that went into the name but <laughs> when we jumped into the game there was i think just under six thousand breweries in the united states no, 20, there would have been less than that. I think there were less than that. So maybe dude. like yeah. forty. It was below it was five, a, maybe yes, just below it five. It was in the four thousand. Because, because I think every year that we've been open, couple. it's it's jumped up like easily by a thousand. Yeah, you're like, not even a sophomore. You're like a junior now in the craft beer world. You're dang. up there. You're getting up there. You'll be senior soon. Yeah. Dang. Then I'll be going on work study. <laughs> all I got is English left. I can go. I can go get so a job. all all this to say is that there is no story behind the yeah, name. Yeah. So like Nick <laughs> Nick and I, you know, you I mean, you always try and be creative and like, oh, what can we think of that nobody we'll else spell thought old of? With an e. Bam. No, actually, bam. I well, that, that, that's probably the only thing that I've, has a story because I started brewing beer in England while I was still in the military. Uh, okay, so okay. old spell with an E. There you go. Bada bing, bada boom. I almost Perfect. sent you a text today to tell you how much I'm pissed off about that. I don't have a story. Having, no, no, that oh. you spell old with an E because oh. every damn time I write old anywhere, oh. I end up putting an <laughs> no, E it, at It happens everywhere. Oh. So there, there's two things that I always have to correct people on. I'm telling, like, if I'm if I'm at work and I'm talking about old mother. I say old with an E, right? So old mother with an E. And then my last name, Marku, I spell it out and I'm say O-U-X as in X-ray. Because I can't tell you how many pieces of mail I've gotten with an S. Or it's just something that's not an X. So I always have to... I would just say it's French. Yeah. <laughs> well, all right. So here's... Well, it's French-Canadian. It's French-Canadian. Oh, hey. <laughs> it's French-Canadian. So my grandfather told me a long time ago that... Uh, Marcou in French was M A R C O U, and that when we S. came when we came over on the boat, they marked us off with an X at the end, and that's how we picked up the X. I, I don't know. He also told me "sasakam uh, ne That means your feet stink. That's evidently not what that means. No, no. I don't know what it means. I don't think Pierre. Sasakam ne Pierre. Big feet. Oh, you have big feet. Pierre. Pierre. Grand Pierre. Pierre? Pierre. With, with an R? Like do, you speak, do you speak Pierre? French? Pierre. Who speaks French? Un petit French. Un petit, un petit peu. Yeah, yeah. God <laughs> yeah, bless we'll America. Just, we'll just stay we over speak here American and that's it. I don't speak I We're don't so speak ignorant. Swe- I don't speak Swedish. We are so yeah, I actually, you probably I know do. Skol, and that's about it. You probably I, speak, I speak You probably understand more than you. I could probably read a lot. I could probably read and understand some because it does have some similarities to German. And same with, yeah, same with German. Like, what he... What is it? Langashof. Yeah. Okay. 
A huge thank you to our presenting sponsor, Roast House Pub, which is located at 5700 Urbana Pike in Frederick, Maryland. If you have listened to this podcast before, you have definitely heard me go on and on about the beer dinners that Chef Nico creates. Simply put, they are amazing. But Roast House Pub has much more to offer. Their friendly staff is knowledgeable about beer and will help you choose from among the 20 beers they have on tap. In addition to the awesome beer selection, the food is always amazing. Make sure to follow them on Facebook and check their website at www.roasthousepub.com to keep up to date on their constant stream of events. All right, so every other strawberry rhubarb beer I've had is complete garbage. Oh, th- that is thing. that is unbelievable. It is so good. Oh, it's fantastic. So to that's, uh, this, that's the strawberry rhubarb yeah. from New Glarus, by the way. Uh, Dan, the, the brewer from New Glarus, he is a germophile like not germophile uh, germophobe? german like no, harry, he, he oh. loves german style <laughs> i thought beers. we were talking about like harry mandel he only uh, elbow bumps people so he loves he loves the german uh, yeah he, he loves german style beers and i love german mo- style beers. most of their beers are brewed in a german style okay so it's very interesting because i think that what you'll see is that in the in the near future I think you're going to start seeing... The renaissance we were talking about yeah, earlier. Yeah, exactly. You're going to start seeing people that are going to be going to a brewery because not that they can get the hazy IPA. You're going to see You're going to see two types of splits in the, like I would say, in the craft world, that 13%, is you're going to see people going niche, and then you're going to see people going more mainstream of where they're, they're more than happy to have their grandma and their, you know... 20 people that they know that they're going to be like, yeah, they can get a glass of wine, they can get any beer that they want, and it's more about going to that location. So that's... Atmosphere. Atmosphere, yeah. ambiance. What's it? Full Tilt right now has a ridiculously good Kolsch mm. uh, that the, it's going to be one of their roster beers. Um, As it should be. And I, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I you asked me a month ago if I would be describing a Kolsch as an amazing beer. I think I would have laughed at you. It's a total <laughs> shift. We like, and as I was saying, in Germany, we have we brewed, we brewed what would now be considered in America, traditional. Oh, those are old school craft beers. You know, as yeah. I, as I was telling you guys earlier, we our IPA has Munich malt and some caramel malt in it. It yeah. doesn't have that. Oh super, yeah, definitely. It doesn't have the super thin body Dry, that West right, Coast. Right, yeah, right. that West Coast IPAs will have, and so. But that's how it started, you know, here on the East Coast. We have uh, our pale ale is really hoppy, but we also still use, you know, some 60 Lovabon uh, caramel malt. Uh, we, we have the traditional German beers. We have a Czech, uh, a Czech Pils as well. That's, that's, that's nicely hopped. But they're all beers that you can move into, craft, mm. if you will. And that's what in Germany we find is the best right now is, is you take that step from the beer that you drink every day to I'll try something a little bit different and that little bit different then becomes a little bit more different right you try then something else and, and then you open else. you just open the gates exactly yeah well and then your standard your standard for what you you say is okay that's a normal beer like that's that's the part that we are in sweden uh, now one of the things that we're having to explain is like okay what is the difference of a pilsner and a lager what is a mm-hmm. marzen what is a doppelbach? You know, now we're getting into those styles. But again, that's for that that thirteen percent. That's that craft yeah, right, right. So, so from that aspect, what 
one of the reasons why we did our first two beers, the American Amber and a Kolsch. The Kolsch was, okay, what, what can we make that is similar to a lager that's low ABV yep. and an ale? Super that approachable. We, that we can do. Yep. And it's because we were able to sell that beer straight to the grocery stores, straight in our neighborhood. We didn't have to go through the, the Monopoly route. Because we were like, this is what people in our area want. They want a beer beer. I think we talked about that a little yeah, bit. Yeah, exactly. About what, what is a beer beer? I want a beer beer. But you had to start in the same way we did, where you make something that's really approachable. Yeah. A little bit different. We started with a blonde ale or a gold ale. And it, that was something where people who drink pills every day, you say, this, it's, don't worry, it's still your golden color. Sure. It's, it's still exactly. crystal clear. But it's going to check it out. It's we be a like added a little f- bit yeah. of an element it's of gonna yeah. a little more full body. You're yeah. going to taste a little bit more. And then malt. on the right. flip side, amongst the craft people, they were like, wow, you're making a Kolsch. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? And you, I've heard this it. is this is suicide. <clears throat> but then brewers like you show up at a festival and you've either got a Kolsch that's three point five or four point five. And they're sitting around you all day because they're just like, oh, thank just God. maintaining. This, is, yeah. this yeah. is what I want. Yeah. to have something just yeah. light and refreshing. And I've, al- of- I've also heard, and, and it's true, is that you know, like the Pilsner or a clean lager, that's a brewer's beer because you can't hide. You can't hide behind a clean lager. If there's something a little off with the hop utilizations or the grain bill is not quite right fermentation temperature, all those things, it can go bad quickly. Yeah, yeah. oh yeah, definitely. As, as, definitely. If you put even five to ten percent too many hops in the dry hop oh yeah you'll you'll taste that something's off absolutely five percent to ten percent too little you know you'll taste that something's off too much grain it suddenly becomes too uh too malty yep too grainy too malty straw yeah Uh, it 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 goes like that fermentation temperatures off there's suddenly too many esters in there right it's it's a it's a beer that it's a technique it's a technique driven style that peter was saying though They've perfected it in yeah. Germany and yep. pr- yeah, most yeah, likely exactly. oh, yeah. over hundreds of years. Uh, one of the places that I that I do the uh, that I brew at, it's a family brewery. They've been doing this for, oof, I think they're in their fourth or fifth generation now. Wow, and, that's and amazing. Yeah, we don't have much of that here. Yeah, <laughs> Yingling. Yeah, yeah. and uh, and but they've got it down. The beer every time they brew the beer, regardless of whether the crop comes in as it's supposed to, because we just had a severe drought in Europe this last year, and so the grains are coming in a little bit different. Mm. But they will still be able to pull it off because they know how their system works, they know how it's supposed to be, and they got it down. But that is also a limiting factor for them as the craft beer revolution comes in, because they got their box and they stay inside of it. And so when I went there for the first time, I was like, hey, could I use your system? I was gonna, I'm making a dark lager beer that I'm keeping at a, a mash temp. I was mashing in at 68 Celsius. One of you guys can figure that out in Fahrenheit. That's uh, like 155-ish. Yes, yes. Yeah. I wanted, I to, be, wanted it to be a, a little bit more on the malty side. Mm-hmm. I had two different brewers come in and tell me while I was doing this. They're like, oh, 68 Celsius. Ooh, that's going to be way too fermentable. Next guy comes in, 68 Celsius? That's gonna be. That's not going to be fermentable enough. Yeah. So to each their own. Yeah. To each their own, yeah. It was a single infusion. And which is the, which is the fantastic thing about they've beer. Never done, they've never done that before. They are used to their, they have right. their, that they repeat perfectly they every single time. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. And that's which a, is to be respected for sure. Well, and, the, and that I was going to say is that's one of the things for me is like, originally w- when I contacted you, it was... My best friend 
lives about three blocks from here and he knows that I have a brewery. He knows that I'm into it. Uh, he also has learned quite a bit about, we'll, we'll call it the echo chamber, but he's also quite outside of the echo chamber. And the way that he spoke about this place, Old Mother, to me was that that's exactly the kind of, I don't want to call him fan. I, that's exactly the kind of guest that, that we want to shoot for. And it started with the whole idea of a collab. And honestly, it was the first time that I ever cold called any brewery about a, about a collab. Because when you do a collab beer, it's essentially, you're like, you're walking into somebody else's kitchen and giving advice from the, like, second one. And, it, and it's kind of like, Okay, I know what you I know you know how to grill a steak. But guess what? How we grill a steak is this way, and maybe you should do it this way. Do you flip and, it twice? <laughs> yeah. But, but exactly. <laughs> so but, 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 it, but it but it depends on how the person responds to that. So when you end up doing and and they and these have become also a, a huge thing with within the beer world because it gives you that newness, but it also for the breweries they get to do something that is a little bit outside of, as, as you were talking about, that box. Like, it, it, it really allows you and to... sharing knowledge. Sharing and knowledge. Yeah. And that, most likely, that knowledge has already been shared. But now it's like, okay, now we're going to release it on people. And to me, what I find interesting about that is how, the, how we're talking about a brewery in Bavaria. Which, Franconia. Oh, Franconia, sorry. The the Franconians and Bavarians, uh, yeah, exactly. They're not fans I, of each I, other. I don't know. I don't understand. I don't understand the nuance of that. But still, southern Germany, uh, that's a that's a place that most people would never think would be making something like they would be making in the U.S. For sure, in our region, so you know, district like Frederick County, Howard County, in our district, we're the only craft brewery there. In our st- uh, so sub so you got your state of Bavaria, then you got your sub like you know s- sub states if you will, and one of them is Lower Franconia. That's where I live. That's where our brewery is. We have, you know, a couple million people. We have three craft breweries, serving a couple million, uh, but we're not pumping it out because, as we said earlier, it's point one one three percent of the market. The beer education we're getting it out there though. We're you know it's we're having an insane amount of fun doing it too. And they're coming back for the beer. We're, it's it's exactly like what you see when you walk into Old Mother. So you see you, happy so you're people growing. drinking beer yeah. coming together. Yeah, and it's and so you're like growing something. Exactly. And what makes it better is my father-in-law at the at the restaurant. He walks up to a table, say of of older gentlemen, and you know he says, you know, what do you guys want to drink tonight? They say, oh, we're gonna have beer. When they say beer, they mean pilsner. Okay. He says, well, we got our own beer on tap too. It's from us. We brewed it. Dave brewed it. They go, okay, we'll, we'll give it a shot. We'll give the Czech pills a try or the blonde, something that's not too out of their comfort zone. They get it. You know, he brings it over to them. They start drinking it. They're enjoying it. He goes back to the table when he sees the glasses are empty, and they're still talking about the beer. Yeah. They're still talking about the beer. And he said, when's the last time you guys sat around a table talking about the beer you're drinking? talking about what you're sitting there enjoying 
and so it's it's really just moving in the right direction. Yeah, it's amazing. And I was going to say, I mean, for you to 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 hear your libertas li, lib, libertus 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 to hear that. You said it better. I'm not going to try. Keith. Ah. Yeah. I'll take it's that a one. Swedish. We don't have. <laughs> we don't have Latin. <laughs> I said Reinhardt too, too strongly. No, but to, but to hear to hear that story and then also it up. Yeah, that's right. for 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 us with culture, that's one of the things that that I find very interesting is to meet the craft breweries in Europe that have an American influence, because it, it usually is. It's it's an, it's. The beer, the product itself, is the uh, is what is what connects us to American breweries. But it's usually there's there's something so much more, and it's more cultural. Of like, okay, but yeah, really, you don't know anything about about this product. And I think a lot of people have that same thing here in the states. Of their, they don't have the connection to. I mean, Corona, the way the way that the. And there are there are a lot of really well-made beers in the U.S. that are made by big breweries, but the way that it's presented to them is not the same way that it's being presented in the craft thing uh, or the craft style, both in Europe and and locally here. I mean, here you expect not not to see you, but what before the taping, you said hello to probably twenty people here. Yeah. Yeah, and the, and, and the I community think aspect is is unbelievable, oh, and that's yeah. super important. And I don't know if if and that's if, one of the things Sweden, that we miss in Sweden do you, do you because have? of the monopoly. Because oh, okay. we don't have that. It's so rare to have that direct customer to producer connection. Yeah. So like the people that come to come to our brewery, some of them even ask. They're like, "Well, can I just take a six pack home?" And like we have to fight ourselves to say. No. no, right? Because it, it's it, again, it's a business. Yeah. It's our livelihood, and to lose that permit simply because we're making a connection to the local community, it's it's a really tough thing. And so for us, that's one of the reasons why we do, like you said, it. It's a tough thing to go into uh, to the po- political ring and fight for that. Right. But when right. you realize that that it is, that's one of the driving forces. It's a. Uh, do you guys in Sweden have so? And you can see it when you walk in the old mother. You see people sitting at a table. You see lots of people. You see some of the bigger tables that force more people to sit German together. German style. Yeah. We have what's called a, a Stammtisch, and that means a regulars table. And so people come in. They sit at this large table that seats 12. And so you have to then talk to other people. And what's the, what's the one way to bring everyone together at the table? What beer are you drinking? Exactly. Uh, you like it? Yeah. And I don't know if, if, if Sweden has something similar to that. No, we have, uh, so I'm also part owner in a bar, and we have uh, what we call Stamasa, which is uh, the person, that they're the people that, that come in for the community. Um, Drinking for the good of the community. But yeah, no, that's no, right. But, but that's it's, right. it's the whole thing about, I'm here like, for them. It's the whole thing about, like, <laughs> this isn't about you, you, me. It's, yeah, it's <laughs> not about me. It's but really you're not gonna, about me. Or my gonna, liver. But that's you're right. Gonna, you're going right. to know about, you're not going to know about their lives. But the the rest of the people in the bar, they're not gonna they're not gonna tell you, and you're not gonna ask them, hey, you know how you've been? I haven't seen you for a couple of weeks. Like it's that it's that whole familiarity, which is the whole reason why it's called a pub. It's the public, yeah. you know that that that's the part that I think 
so many people forget and in the u.s specifically has done an incredible job of bringing the community in i mean the number of the number of small fundraisers and then you can go to just the craft beer community like the resilience ipa I mean, oh yeah, yeah, that, yeah. We brewed yeah, that in that Germany went, too. Well, yeah, not that went me personally, all, all but across no, but the yeah. one Weiermann teamed up with some with a brewery somewhere, and they they brewed that too. And we were talking about the the Strata Hop. Yeah. So specifically, there was a farm that has that that is producing Strata hops. They brewed sixteen different beers, connecting North American and European or international breweries, just to showcase that hop. What better way to do that than have 16 breweries in the Portland or Oregon, right. Yakima Valley? Instead, hey, let's share this. Let's share this with tons yeah. of people. Yeah. So I think I th- I think that's kind of the part that I wouldn't say that's the Renaissance, but definitely. I mean, we got three different countries, and none of us met before a week ago. 2017. Well, yeah. Well, no, but, but 20, I'm 2016. I don't know. I don't 27. Know. Yeah. But we, we, the three of us. We only met for I'm like throwing, a I'm throwing me in there, Dave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Either way, we don't, <laughs> yeah, hang, we don't hang out every day, but there's there's a common bond, and it's beer, and it's the creation, it's the evolution, it's the communities that we all have in different locations. And the irony is is that we're, we're going to end up being closer geographically. Yeah. I'm kind of yeah. jealous. <laughs> I'm kind of jealous. <laughs> so... Come the, down, come down for hop far, hop harvest. Come over, come over, yeah. So in the we're US, not far from Holotel. In the U.S., um, kettle sours and especially fruited kettle sours are extremely popular. A Berliner? is that, um, and not so much Berliners. Um, I would say there, there's a, a little bit, but like just heart as hell typically oh. or or just sickening sweet because there's a ton of lactose thrown in also um, is that done in Sweden or Germany at all I'm guessing in Germany absolutely not right? no. well. we have the Berliner Weisse which is obviously in Berlin Berlin the city limits of Berlin if you brew there you have then a right to brew it out in Bavaria you don't have that ability unless you get a permit uh, but if people are still learning to accept IPAs and pale ales, they're not jumping to the, uh, the to anything like that. Uh, even in, even in Berlin, you'll typically get it with what's called a schuss, which is a little bit of syrup put in to make yeah. it not as sour. We have in Bavaria, there uh, one of the larger quote unquote craft breweries in, in Bavaria had a, you know, they followed the U.S. trend, if you will, where the U.S. is now is what they were doing where although in Germany we're where the US was in the 90s and 80s mm. and so they came out with it was a it was like a, 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 a yeah imperial stout uh, aged in whiskey barrels and people they didn't know what to make of it they they drank it beer. they 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 didn't know what to do they 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 tasted it they maybe enjoyed it but it was most the, the best word probably is just confusion they had never tasted anything like it in their lives and this was the, one of the first, their first introduction to craft beer uh-huh. was, was this beer. And they go, Whoa. I don't know what to think of this. So yeah. what would yeah. they think of a milk stout with cookies and cream? There is a brewery that is making a cinnamon bun one. And it has caused a 
massive Riot. internal debate. <laughs> <laughs> Riots on the street. It is insane. Houses being torched. You thought the G20 summit was bad. If right. you remember right. that. this, man. Think about the cinnamon bun beer. Yeah. yeah, in Sweden, I would say absolutely it's... And we have zero rules. It is the complete opposite from that aspect. Because innovation is so accepted in Sweden that it's like... Oh, you're only adding glitter? Guess, guess what? Yeah, right. I'm gonna we add sequence. Well, but I'm gonna I'm gonna put gold leaf on the glass. <laughs> I'm gonna do a gold leaf rimmed glass. Ah, as, like gold yeah. 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 Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So I don't know if you've heard, but there's a brewery called or there's a a beer company called Omnipolo. Yeah, yeah. And they're putting stuff through slushing machines eight. and. They're putting Sunday toppings on stuff. Yeah, and, there, there's and a few places in the U.S. that are starting to do the um, slushy beer thing. Well, the, the interesting thing is, is that it actually started in Japan. Oh, really? With Asahi. I and mean, that or checks that, out. That's 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 <laughs> one of the first places that I think Japan's most amazing. people check out on it. It's amazing. But we've got there's a there's a new there's a new line of uh, kettle soured beers that are. They're using, um, like, Haribo and like gummy bears. Like, yeah, yeah and Why like, are you doing and that? like jelly, Dude, I'm, jelly I'm candies. The gummies, bro. If I'm we're still trying to get gummies. people to get pale ales and IPAs, <laughs> don't put gummy bears <laughs> yeah. in the beer. And 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 I can give you a quick anecdote. There's like it just swells. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a big old red bear in the bottom of your pilsner. But I can give you a quick <laughs> anecdote about sour beers in Sweden. <laughs> is is that sour beers should almost exclusively be fruity like the 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 whole understanding of just a regular berliner or a lambic yeah um it's not a thing uh, well it's just it's just not the education isn't there yeah a sour is a fruited berliner or a goza or anything that has been drop the ph like it's it's not a sour and then for us we do all of the sours that we do they are long-term souring and they take a lot of time to make and sometimes we'll we'll release them and we did a we did a spontaneous beer um no cool ship but we did a we did a spontaneous capture and then pitched that and we served it roughly 15 months after and a belgian guy was like this is fantastic it tastes like young lambic there's young, no young that, yeah. 15 he's months like, young he's like there's no way you could ever sell this everyone would be like this is not lambic uh, this is not spontaneous cuz it's not it, it's not ready right and he also pointed out the fact that how, that's how, actually what people like to drink how long Again, is it's a, a lambic beer? Right, right, right. For. Usually three years. Usually three oh, years. Wow. A lamb, is a lamb, lambic's typically a blend of two or three different. That's a goes. That's a yeah. Chose. A goes. Goose. Yeah. yeah. Chose. G- a what? Chose. Chose. The G is the Chose. G is very guttural yeah. in Dutch. Chose. Dutch. Chose. Like good morning G-U-E-Z. is Goedemorgen. morgen. Yeah. Oh shh. <laughs> I like that we're turning this into a Rosetta Stone. I basically Stone say, uh, what's up? Rosetta Stone class. I basically so, say, uh, what's up, babe? You so, want some coffee? So. Good morning. No, but so. There's a G in more. We, and we have, so you got to miss it. 
That's a little that's a little too hard. It's Gude Morgen. But we have Morgen. We have a couple of only I'm gonna try that in the morning. I'm gonna try that in the morning. In the morning. Morgen. Peter is dying to say something. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I have ADD, which we all which we all do. So No, so we have actually a couple of sour only breweries. One of them actually started making IPAs, lagers, and pale ales just last year because they, they were like, okay. They couldn't stay open without it? No, or? everyone wanted the sour beers, but because everyone else had put it like, it's just one part of their production, mm-hmm. and then everything else was more traditional clean beers, for them to stay open, they had to produce some of the clean beers. Right. But then we have one brewery that it, it's absolutely fantastic. It's called Brekkeriet. They're three brothers um, in the south of Sweden. And pretty much everything that they're making is fantastic. It's, uh, they're all sours. They've released a couple of saisons. And their fan base, or the people that get their beers, occasionally they will complain that it's not sour enough. Ah. Because it's made by them, and because it's a saison, it's a little bit tart. But it's not sour enough, so it's it's interesting. it's interesting to see how, like the the sour wave, has held on in Sweden. Yeah, uh, it's so I mean it's full. Sours are coming into in to be a big thing here. Sours in Germany are essentially non-existent other than Berlin. We did a Brett beer, not sour, but just hundred percent Brett beer. Yeah. With with Probably you know the delicious. pineapple notes. Yeah, pineapple. The 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 craft you can get beer, a hop character craft from it. beer fans. You know, it it was just the it was the kind of beer we didn't put enough hops in there to make sure that the, to have the hops come forward. It, we wanted the the Brett to be the, the thing that produced the aromas and the esters, and we had to, and we put that in two of our uh, two beer tastings we held, and they were not ready for it. <laughs> they were not ready for it. Luckily, we paired it perfectly with cheese, with a, a specific ah. type of cheese. My wife did. Uh, Which so the has funk. And, sh- and when it's they, the they, same thing. they drank it, they first drank the beer and, and we asked for comments like, what do you think? You know, this is the first time we're introducing this beer ah. into the wild. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, Get and it. They, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. And so we gave Boom. it. And so they tried it and they just kind of looked around at each other and we're like, yeah, it's like, okay. I'm, I'm assuming they were being nice. Like, yeah, it's okay. Then they tried the cheese. They're like, and then they went, holy shit, this is really good. Exa- yeah. Yeah. They, th- that combination. But when you've never been exposed to something like yeah, that, what a cool It's experience. difficult to, to, you know, to what to expect. And so they suddenly, it's like you combine it with food, you combine it with a dining experience, and it's really good. That actually just reminded me, though, of one thing that I that I do think about that's very unique about the European craft development and the U.S. is that I. I think in the U.S., a lot of it started from the foodie wine culture. And I think in Europe, the foodie wine culture really wants to push back on the whole thing that a like, beer experience can taste in that same way. Mm. Like, because the wine is so well established, we'll say. Ingrained There's a longer control. Like a longer, yeah, but, but a longer it, lineage. But it's the, yeah, and it's the whole thing of like... Well, and that well, market has a history of wine. No, beer's older. Beer's older. Yeah, I was yeah, going to say, the, is there a longer lineage? The keep, wine industry has There's more, more snooty. Of, There's more snoot in wine. And has more of a history of now squashing be, other industries and... 
Well, they've got the foothold on the like taste experience. Yeah. We'll say right, which is interesting for and pretension. Although that wine does have it does have a, a good range, because uh, I'm actually in a wine region, and so getting the beer to really push through is difficult. And which interestingly, the wine lovers when they try a hoppy beer, they love it. Mm. They'll prefer that beer over an amber beer or well, a malt com- forward beer. It's complexity. It's something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's something that they can. They're uh, like searching for things. Well, it's something that they can kind of relate to. When right. you, a lot of wines have fruity notes to them. You're not going to get a grainy flavor in wine unless it's an off flavor. <laughs> right. You're going to see that. You know, you get that then connection. The fruity notes with say, say you use a couple of the you know dankier hops and you get some really dark inky red wines. You might find a a, a connection there that you say ah, right. beer is more than just a pilsner. Yeah, yeah. that earthy spiciness. Yeah. And that's their introduction then to beer, and then suddenly they're coming in ordering another beer. So, what country in Europe is putting out the best craft beer? That's tough. I I haven't had a lot of craft beer from anywhere other than England. So I went back to England last year. And I had some Beaver Town. Omnipolo. Where's Omnipolo from? They're in England, they're, aren't they? They're based out of Stockholm. Yeah. Oh, lots well, of um, There was another brewery down south in that's Leeds, a, I think. That's a really good question, though. But England, I would say, I would, I would agree with you on there that. Were when definitely, you look at our shelves in Germany, the shelves in the stores, you have a lot of, you have Brewdog and you have other ones from England there or Belgium, and that's it. And then you have the smaller German brewers like myself. Who so, get them on there? So speaking of gimmicky, when, <laughs> before Brewdog became really big in Europe, were they just considered as gimmick? And because they were, they were into the whole. Um, Are you trying to tell me that fl- having an air, an airline that you fly on and drink uh, unlimited amounts of beer isn't isn't gimmicky? I mean, maybe. <laughs> Didn't Hooters been, have an airliner at one time? A lot of people have tried to have <laughs> airlines, and it fails often. Food dog ran out of beer. I heard they ran oh, really? out of beer on their flight. That's hilarious. Oof. Yeah, but no, rough. I'm I'm talking about like back in the tactical nuclear penguin. Oh yeah, like the, 37 percent. Yeah. Shake. So, I mean, like, what was that? Eight, eight or so years ago, they were on that kick of cold distilling beer to make yeah, like it an making it 40 some percent alcohol yeah then taxidermying squirrels around bottles oh yeah uh, so what they did what they did with that was you know that's the shock value yeah what so they the, did, big, but they were like the uh, they were the original gimmick <laughs> are we gonna be here for what? like a little bit more what's that i have to pee all right go ahead i'm gonna go pee but well, i gotta I mean, go too can, but i got something really i'll switch out we don't need to wrap it up i got some more for you guys talking about gimmicky what i'm doing isn't gimmicky but uh, unfortunately, Keith's not going to be here for this. But uh, <laughs> we can catch, you can catch up later. Uh, what what they did was they used Brewdog. They used f- freeze distillation. Yeah. And so what you do is you steadily ro- lower the temperature, remove the ice, uh, just like uh, an ice block. And what uh, where I live in Germany, one of my one of the biggest craft beer fans who comes into the store, he's married to uh, a lovely lady from Hong Kong, and so they speak English together. And so I speak English too, and so that's how we hit it off. But then we hit it off because he loves craft beer. He's a master distiller. And so one day I was just up, I was like, hey dude, why don't we just distill some of my beers, see what happens? So we've distilled some of my beers. And they've came out fantastic. And so now we're the only ones in Germany producing these, the, uh, you know, the, the schnapps, if you will, that mm-hmm. have 
hop flavors. And if you guys want, I brought some with me. Oh, nice. I was we, just going to say, so that, <laughs> oh, yeah. that is one of the things that you're seeing here in the U.S. Yeah, because actually that, just recently um, Keith did that with a local distillery, 10th Ward. They um, took some of um, their... Actually, whenever he gets back, he can explain the whole deal. But also, uh, McClintock, you mentioned them yeah. earlier. They took a bunch of, they took two different uh, beers from Monocacy Brewing. Their uh, Riot Rye and, and their Brutus. And they made two batches of whiskey, distilling Brutus and distilling Riot Rye. Yeah, and I know, I know there's a bunch in the U.S. that they're just, they're distilling... But then they're also distilling batches that they're not super pleased with as beer. So then they can distill that yeah. and then blend that in, which, again, there's a business aspect, but there's also the whole thing of, like, it's sad when you have to dump a batch of beer. When, yeah. it's, when you're not happy to put it out, I, I mean, it is. It's like, it's just, cr- it's not crushing, but you're like, okay, the time the money it's not that much it's more the thing of like like i hate to say the joke but like that was a lot of malt that no but you it, it yeah. could it could have found a better use it could have made bread it could like beer started out being made because people couldn't drink water like the whole thing that he was talking about with like having having malt and grains for people to have bread like <laughs> This is a bonus. Like, yeah. let everyone yeah. understand well, that. There, so this is a bonus. There's like a traditional, uh, like a, a Quebec. Oh, the um, the the, or, or the kvass, kvass. and kvass, Yeah, it's made from uh, from stale bread. Or, which you we know, we we make a <clears throat> we make a kvass, which is actually full circle, zero waste. So we get bread from three or four different bakeries yeah. in the area. It's like day old or two day old. Or yeah. And, and it's just what's it's, not for us to sell. It's stuff that they're not going to sell. Right. And then we put it in and we let it ferment at a natural and it's a, it's a wild fermentation. We put some hops in there to give it some preserving factors. And it comes in at about half a percent of alcohol. And then we so take kind of like a kombucha. Yeah, kind of, <clears throat> but more, more like a. S- In terms of alcohol percentage, not not oh, yeah, not yeah, even yeah, closely exactly. related to yeah, flavor. Yeah, it's not a, not even close <laughs> yeah. in flavor. No, but then all of that, uh, all of that, it's true. But yeah. all, all of that wasted bread, now we take and we compost, and then that compost goes into farms where they create more grain. Or it's that the that compost is going into the farm where we're raising sheep or cattle it's like or something a reincarnation. like that. So what you missed, Keith, during your oh, potty break? Sorry, oh, sorry, um, sorry. Day, no, uh, we were actually it's got to be the first potty class. break you've ever had on a podcast. But yes, it is. This, this is, is another. Thing. Well, it's long. It's long. About the, well, this okay. is also just the the and we, we can edit it. But we donate the, our no, we're not editing This is this is what we feed our sheep. The whole purpose is like you get people from different countries and different beer. You know, scenes. Work so this is, but he, he this brought, is how you can talk for eight hours about beer. Like it's just amazing. He brought a schnapps made from his beer. 
No, I think that was Where Keith wasn't or, supposed to hear that. Part. Oh, it in your never pocket? mind. Sorry, <laughs> be in my pocket. We didn't. Why never mind. That pocket. didn't happen. It's in this. <laughs> you have to. Oh man! It's called a Monica Lewinsky. Ah, oh, <laughs> I got you. I got you. But old, old. Why do you got your arm around me. Get out of here. Old. Get a old couple beers in him, dude. Get out of here. Old Ward yeah. was start warming made. Up. Old Old Ward was made from a beer you brewed, right? So, the Old Ward whiskey was made from a yeah wort that we mashed out. We they Tenth Ward distilled it. Yeah. They put it in their honey jack barrel. And then, so they had the spirit. Then we took the barrel and put our imperial stout in it. So in a weird way, it was kind of like full circle. So our wort, or wash, or what do they call it in spirits? Wash. Wash. Our wash went into the barrel, and then we used the barrel for our beer. So it was kind of a cool, kind of a cool experiment. Nice. Do you buy, for Sweden, uh, now, do you guys, do yourself do mead? Uh, no, we 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 tend to not. <laughs> However, you pronounce mead in Swedish. I call it mead. Yeah, mead. 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 <laughs> Good job. See, you can do some Swedish. I'm just moving to Sweden. The beer laws are a little lighter. So. <laughs> yeah, the government though seems pretty restricted. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. We don't uh, we don't do any meads, but there are a couple of meaderies um, in Sweden. We do add. We've got a few beers that we add a good amount of honey. Um, it's one of the projects again, as a farmhouse, where we're working on getting more local. Because again, it's that whole thing of it, it is. There's a, I wouldn't say a terroir, but it's a, you know, what's in the air more so. Oh, for sure, the bees don't travel that far. Right. Yeah. And get everything uh, from your area. Local pollen, like local pollen and things like that, yeah. D- yeah. Have you, did you say how many breweries there are in Sweden? 400. I, th- I think there's, it's, yeah, it's over 400 okay. now. And 50 in Germany. Craft breweries. Craft, yeah. Overall yeah. breweries, I think, in Germany is eight. No, it's got to be more than that. I, they, a lot of times they separate it by state. So in Bavaria, we had, it was actually declining every year from, I think, 2005 and 2015 or 2016 was the first year in which that started going back up. And it was be simply because of craft breweries. So what it, what is the distinction between craft and non-craft in Germany? What's the distinction here? Technically under the brewers and Associ- Bush <laughs> and uh, <laughs> all the big companies else. buying up independent. Uh, uh, the Brewers Association definition, the size limit puts every well, brewery true. in Germany it, into craft. Yeah, so that's so what I mean. Like every brewery. Well, but isn't like, that yeah. partially because? But the independent some of Germany, thing is another question. Yeah. But some of the German German breweries are producing beer all over the world. Exactly, like, they might like, have for Becks. For example, sure. I don't think they have a brewery that does produce more than that. But if you take the, the total, combined total, yeah, yeah combined total yeah. of what is produced under that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Right, right, like right. Francis Connor, for example, is now, which was a famous uh, Hefeweizen, is still a famous Hefeweizen. That's, if I remember correctly, owned by Anheuser Busch. But no one knows that in Germany. What? They okay. do now. Yeah, they, they, <laughs> they do, do now. now. This podcast is going to go it's all over going worldwide. So, like Hofbrauhaus, is that considered craft or is that considered mainstream? Non-craft. Okay. 
most people would call that industrial beer. Most people, it's an, it's, it's an unfortunate thing. If you produce a hoppy beer, you're considered a craft brewery. Okay. And that's what I mean, unfortunate, because there's so much more yeah. to beer than just the hoppy beer. But I think what most people view is you have a lot of traditional breweries in Germany who've been producing the exact same beers for Spot years, on. and they're not mm. willing to just, hey, let's try something else. But the thing is, though, from a quality standpoint, from an ingredient standpoint, a lot of those industrial mainstream slash breweries would fit the like what people consider craft in the U.S. I don't right? fully understand because I know that the Brewers Association changed the definition at some yeah, point. Yeah, well, let's just ignore. But, I mean, I'm thinking more of perception. We're just, yeah, we're just, we're just talking well, about like there's a there's a there's a there's a there's a dark secret if you will. There's a dark secret in the German brewing world of the of the bigger guys. If I call it dark secret because most people don't know about it. And when you tell them, they kind of go, are you sure? But what they typically blow the lid off yeah, of this is huge <laughs> whistleblower. I'm going to yeah. need asylum back in my home country. Uh, and and uh, so what the large breweries do is that they will take one batch of beer. We'll say a 40 liter, a 40 hectoliter batch of beer, 10 hectoliters. That's going to go into one tank, 10 into another tank, 10 into another tank and 10 into another tank. It's the exact same base beer. When it hits into the one in the first tank, that's going to be their pilsner. Oh, the pilsner yeah, isn't. You hit them into the second tank. They're <clears> going to inject uh, dry uh, powdered malt extract into that dry malt extract into that. It's going to mix in, and that's going to be now their land a beer, base beer or right. a Keller beer. Right. Then you do it to another one, which they've put some hops in the tank already to add a slightly different note to it, and they'll add something else or a different yeast, and then they do that with the fourth beer as well. It's all the same beer, and. They don't have to label what they do to any of these beers. It's kind of like they how uh, Answer makes all of their uh, fruited beers. Meh, essentially. <laughs> but so you essentially have these inline injections of other ingredients of uh, just to make a new beer. Although huh. it's the exact same base right, beer. Right, And so a lot of people don't consider that brewing. Which but is common are, here even. But yeah, that's, a, that's the whole thing yeah, about variant stouts. But yeah. you, don't, you don't consider it. You, most people here, and most people in Germany especially, who love the Reinheitsgebot, they don't consider that pure once they find... Well, if you ask them, is that considered uh, pure? Oh, yeah. right. I they mean, say, I no, that's s- not. Yeah, I wouldn't think that would... Because in Germany, you have to label the ingredients on your beer. And so if it, it has well, to have Well, dry malt sport, extract is still malt. They don't have to label that. They have to label hop extract, however. That's weird. Yeah. That's well, when a, you're, a very, when you're very oil. large breweries, you're allowed to you influence uh, things. Well, okay, so politics. It is just like the United it States. <laughs> Holy smokes. We're the same People person. with money can do more things. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, go figure. Go figure. Well, we're just a bunch of dudes with a little bit of money and doing wonderful things, so. All right, well, Absolutely. We are running up on uh, two-hour mark. So I, well, I, it could I, go. F- it could go for much longer. <laughs> but we, we can keep talking, yeah. but um, I think at any minute the battery's gonna go yeah. dead. <laughs> well, I think so I think even just uh, just the introduction of uh, Dave and Peter into uh, into the scene just to kind of talk about some different beer culture has been amazing. Yeah, good so experience. It's been Keith, very informative. Yeah, Keith, thank you for uh, making this happen, setting this up, thinking of me. Reinheitsgebot. It's really easy to make fun of the Germans. So <laughs> we say cheers here. You say Prost. They say Prost in Germany. Prost. Prost. What do they say? Skoll. Skoll. All right. 
Let's let's all cheers. Let's all cheers. I don't have cheers. anything left. I don't have well, anything left. Just, just, there's still well, there's, there's, there's uh, got to be something on the table. I drank all my beer. <laughs> there's got to be something on the boxed, the boxed uh, ad hoc coffee table that we made. Bam. So it's a coffee table book that turns yeah. into a coffee <laughs> table. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Peter exactly. and David, thank you thank for you, taking Peter. time out of your... Uh, your uh, vacations to yeah. talk to me. It's a uh, pleasure, guys. Absolutely. For real. Thank For you. Real. Cheers. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Cheers. Prost. Skull. Sláinte. <laughs> the Uncapped Podcast is produced by Graham Cullen and me, Chris Sands. Be sure to like us on Facebook, and if you've enjoyed these podcasts, please leave us a review on Google Play or the iTunes Store. A special thanks to Double Motorcycle for providing our theme music. Thanks for listening. Oh my God, that's good.